With Hashem's assistance, we're learning Kedushin Daf Ayin Hey, page 75. We begin five lines from the bottom of Ayin Dalad on base 74b. Last three words. We learned in a brisa. Once a boy has reached the age of nine years and one day, Echad Ger Amoni, whether we're talking about a convert who comes from Amon, Umo Avi, or from Moav, Mitzri, Egyptian, Ve'edoimi, and someone from Esav, Kuti, a Kuthai, Nasin, a Nasin, Chalol, Umamzer, all these things, Shabot, Wala Kehenes, Wala Levi, Vabas Yisrael, Paslua. So if they had relations with the daughter of a Kohen or a woman who's a Levite or regular Jewish woman, so they've created a, a circumstance where the woman is not allowed to marry a Kohen. Rabbi Yaisi says, Kol Shazarai Apostle, anyone whose children are going to create some kind of lack in one's lineage, Paisel, has the ability to cause others, meaning the, his wife is also going to be Apostle, she's going to be forbidden from ever marrying a Kohen. Kol Shazarai Apostle, but whoever his child does not become uh have a lack in his lineage, ain't a poisel. So then his wife also will not have any kind of lack and will be allowed to marry a Kohen. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Gamliel says, onto the top of Ein Heim and Aleph, Anyone who can marry his daughter, you can also marry his widow. However, you can't marry his daughter, you can't marry his widow. Now we're going to see what the difference is between these three different statements as we continue in the Gemara. So now the Gemara starts off and says, What's the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi What are they arguing about? Rabbi Yechanan says, If you have a person, a convert, who's a second generation convert, meaning his father, was an Egyptian and converted to Judaism. Now, the child is called a second-generation Egyptian convert. So he's still not allowed to marry into the Jewish people, but nevertheless, his child will be allowed to. That's going to be the difference between them. Meaning, if this second-generation Egyptian convert now has relations with a woman, and so that woman will she become possible. So according to the Tanakhama, according to the first... Uh, Manda Amar in the Brisa. So the woman who has relations with this Egyptian convert will in fact be forbidden to marry a Kohen. Whereas, according to Rabbi Yaisi, only if the children are going to be possible, meaning if a Mitzri Shani, a second generation Egyptian, his child is not going to be possible. His child is going to be kosher, he's going to be allowed to marry any Jew. So therefore now, the woman that he has relations with will in fact be allowed to marry a Kohen, even though she's done something which was forbidden. Since her children are going to be permitted to marry Kohanim, she's allowed to, according to Rabbi Yaisi, according to Tanakhama, not. And both of them learned that from the same concept, which is a Kohen Gadol, high priest marrying a widow. The Tanakhama Savar Ki Kohen Gadol Ba'almana. The Tanakhama holds just like a high priest marrying a widow. My Kohen Gadol Ba'almana, just like a high priest marrying a widow, should be also Ba'avera. Their relations are forbidden. And it creates a state where she is not permitted to marry another Kohen. So to any case where you have some kind of relations, which is a forbidden uh, act of relations, so it's going to make the woman into a apostle, she's not going to be allowed to marry a Kohen. Rabbi Yossi Savar, Rabbi holds, no, it's not dependent on the act itself being something that's forbidden, but rather, ki Kohen Gadol, in a similar way to Kohen Gadol, Ba'almana, who's marrying or having relations with a widow, Ma Kohen Gadol Ba'almana, just like a high priest that has relations with a widow, Shazari apostle, that he creates a state where the child is going to be a Chalol, is going to lose its holiness, the child is not going to be a Kohen, Upoiso, and it creates a state where the woman herself is going to be apostle, she's not going to be allowed to marry a Kohen, Avkal Shazari apostle, 
Paisal. So too, according to BIC, only in a case where the children become Paisal, where they're not going to be able to marry a Kohen, will in fact the woman also be forbidden from marrying a Kohen. La Puke Mitzri Shani Shein Zari Paisal. This will come to exclude, according to BIC, the case where you have a second generation Egyptian convert whose child is not going to be Paisal. So therefore, the woman that he has relations with is also not going to be Paisal. She's not going to be ruined and she still will be allowed to marry a Kohen. Because the verse is, that the children that they will have, the third generation, is allowed to marry into the Jewish people. He's not considered an Egyptian convert anymore. He's considered a full-fledged Israel, a full-fledged regular Jew. Just to give a drop of understanding to this concept, basically what Rabbi Yesu is saying is you can see the power of the action by the results of the action. If the results of the action are that there will be a child who's going to be apostle, who's going to have some kind of problem with his lineage, so that, so that shows that the original action that was done was a much worse action. Whereas if there's no bad result of the original action, even though it was a forbidden thing, but since it doesn't have the power to create something which is a psul, which is a problem in the lineage, so that shows that the original action, that original bia, the relations that the man had with this woman, were not as bad, and therefore will not create a level of psul in the woman herself. That's the sheet of Rabbi Yaisi, but according to the Tanakama, so it doesn't matter what the actual results are. The fact that this is an action which is also which is forbidden, that's enough to create a psul, to create some kind of problem in the woman herself, and she won't be allowed to marry a Kohen. Now the Gemara says, Rabbi says, So we said in the Mishnah that Rabbi Gamliel, or the Brisa, that Rabbi Gamliel said that if you can't marry the daughter, you can't marry her. You can't marry the widow. So now, what's the difference between Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Ben Gamliel, where it's going to be the practical difference? Amar Ula, Ula says as follows, The case of a, a convert who's from Amon or Moab, according to Rabbi Shemim Gamliel, so the daughter of such a person is in fact allowed to marry a regular Jew, is allowed to even marry a Kohen, because she's a full-fledged Yisrael. So therefore, that being the case, so the woman, the Almana, the widow of this Amoni Ger, is in fact going to be allowed to also marry a Kohen. Whereas according to Rabbi no, any case that has the ability to create a psul, because why? If the Amoni Ger, the convert who's from Amon, goes and marries this woman, and they have a boy, so that child would in fact be a psul. So therefore, according to Rabbi being that would create a psul, so if the woman also is forbidden to ever marry a Kohen. That's the difference between them. Again, they both learn out from a high priest marrying an Amon. The Rabbi said, Rabbi says, Ki Kohen Gadol Similar to a high priest marrying a, a widow. Ma Kohen Gadol Ba'amana, Shizari just like in regards to a high priest who marries a widow, so the child becomes puzzle, and the woman herself also cannot marry a Kohen. I've called Shazari puzzle, puzzle. Any case where there's a creation, there's a possibility to, to create psul, uh, that the child is going to be puzzle, even if it's only half the time. Nevertheless, the woman is going to be considered that she cannot marry a Kohen. Just like a high priest who marries an Almana, a widow, just like in regards to a high priest marrying a uh, widow, all of their children are going to be puzzled, even girls. All, so too, the only place where the woman is going to become problematic, that she's not going to be allowed to marry a Kohen, is only if all of their children become puzzled. Uh, including the female children. This would exclude a case, according to Rabbi Gamliel, where you have a convert who's from Amon, who the girls are going to be a kosher to come into the, into the Jewish people. So therefore, this woman who produced this child will also be allowed to marry Kohanim. As Mar has said, 
it says in the Torah that an Ammoni can't come into the Jewish people, but not a female Ammoni. A Moavi can't come into the Jewish people, but not a female Moavi. Amar of Chizar, Chizar says, Akol Maidim Ba'amonas, everyone agrees when it comes to a woman who's a widow from a man who it's not clear what his lineage was. He's a mixture, so to speak. He's a doubt whether he's a Chol and whether he's, he's some kind of doughy mixture of different possibilities. We're not sure what he was, and therefore, what is she? We don't know either. So, Rav Chizah says, in that case, everyone agrees, Shepsula Lekuhuna, that she's going to be forbidden from marrying any kind of Kohen. Man Mekel Bahani Tanoi. Now, let's, let's think about this. Who is the one who's the most lenient of all the Tanam we mentioned in the Brahisar? Rameshimigam Leel. It's Rameshimigam Leel. And she said, what did he say? Kosha Atanoisi Bitoi, Atanoisi Almanusa. Anyone that you can marry their daughter, so you can also marry the widow of that person. Kosha Iatanoisi Bitoi, Iatanoisi Almanusa. If you can't marry the daughter, you also can't marry the widow. Lemute, my wife is coming to exclude. Lemute Almanas Isa. Shepsula Lekunas is coming to exclude that a woman who's the widow of a person that we're not sure what his lineage was, that perhaps he was a Chol, perhaps he wasn't. So she's not allowed to be married to a Kohen. So La Apuki Dahani Tanoi, in the statement of Rechiz, is coming to exclude the following Tanoim, who say, the Tanoim we learned in the Mishnah, that there was testimony stated by Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yehuda ben Mesera, Almanas Isa, that in regards to such a woman who's a widow of a man that we don't know what his status is, it's not clear, Shakshir Lakuna, she is in fact allowed to marry a Kohen. My timer, what's the reason of Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yehuda ben Mesera? Why do they say it's okay? Havi Sveik Sveika, Visveik Sveika Lakula, because there's a suffix on the man himself, so therefore when the woman marries him, that's a double suffix, a double doubt, and therefore whenever you have a double doubt, so we go in a lenient manner, therefore she's permitted according to these, these Tanoim to marry a Kohen. The Gemara continues, Vadam Vadan Mutter. We said in the Mishnah, the coins of Rabbi Lazar, people who are for sure a Mamzer, they're allowed to marry someone else who's for sure a Mamzer. But someone who's only, it's a doubt whether they're a Mamzer, is not allowed to marry someone who's for sure a Mamzer. That's what Rabbi Lazar's Shita was. I'm Rabbi Huda, I'm a Rav. Rabbi Huda says the name of Rav Halacha, Rabbi Lazar, the Halacha is in fact like Rabbi Lazar. Kiam Risa Kameda Shmuel. When I said this in front of Shmuel, Amr Li said to me, Hilo Shaina, Hilo learned, Asara Yuchsam Alami Bavel, that there were ten different lineages that came up from Babylonia to Israel. All the ones who are forbidden of those ten lineages are permitted to come and have relations with each other and marry each other. So how could you say that the Halacha is like Rabbi Lazar who holds that Ashtuki and Nasufi are not allowed to marry a full-fledged Mamzer because they're only a Suffolk Mamzer. So now, so what did we see? We see that Rav holds that in fact that someone who is a Suffolk is not allowed to marry a Vadai. Someone who is a doubt is not allowed to marry someone who is for sure a Mamzer. And Shmuel seems to say over here that someone who is a doubt is allowed to marry someone who is for sure a Mamzer. So we're going to have a complete contradiction to that. A statement which shows that they say the exact opposite, the Itmar. We, we learned in a Mamra. Arusa Ivra. Let's say you have a woman who's engaged. And when we're talking about engaged, we're talking about completed the first stage of marriage. She's considered married for many intents and purposes. So now, so what happens? She got pregnant. So who did she get pregnant from? It's not clear. Rav Amar Havlad Mamzer. Rav says that we consider the child to be a Mamzer, full-fledged, for sure a Mamzer. Ushmul Amar Havlad Shtuki. Ushmul says that no, we consider that the child is actually considered someone that we're unclear what she is. Because we may, it's very possible that she had relations with her own, with the person who she's married to, but it's also possible that she had relations with someone else. It's not clear. Rav Amar Havlad Mamzer, Umutar Bamamzer. Rav says it's considered a Mamzer, a full fledged Mamzer, and therefore it's going to be permitted for that child to marry a Mamzer. Ushmul, Amar Shmuel says no. Havlad Shtuki, the child is considered a Safik, a doubt whether or not the child is a Mamzer, for Asr Bamamzeris, and therefore it's going to be forbidden for that child to marry a Mamzer. So what do we see? Shmuel here is saying the exact opposite. He's saying that if someone's a Safik, it's not clear. So they're not allowed to marry a mamzer. Whereas before he brought the statement of Hillel that said that they are allowed to marry into each other, even if it's a Suffolk marrying a Vandai. And Rav over here is saying 
that in fact, even though it's a suffix, they're allowed to get married, which is again the opposite of what he said previously. So when it says Epoch, we can switch things around in this Memra. Rav Amar Avlad Shtuki, rather we'll say that Rav says that the child is considered a suffix, it's unclear what the halacha is. Shmuel Amar Avlad Mamzer, and Shmuel has said that in fact the child is considered a full-fledged Mamzer. So then the Gemara says, okay, if that's the case, so we switch things around, Tarti Lamali, what do we need to say both of them for? It's basically they're saying the same statement twice. The Gemara says, Tzricha. We need both cases, we could say that when is Rav saying that in fact the child is not allowed to marry um, a full-fledged mamzer? Because over here in our case, it's much more likely since the, most of the people are considered kashim, they're, they're kosher in regards to her because she's not yet married, she doesn't have a status of anything at all. So that's why Rav would say over here that the child is considered a suffix and therefore cannot marry someone who's a vade mamzer. But in the case where she's already completed the first stage of marriage, where most people besides for the one that she's supposed to be married to are considered that they're going to ruin her, mess her up, Ema Perhaps he would say that Rab would agree to Shmuel and say that she's considered the child is considered a full-fledged mamzer and therefore would be allowed to marry another mamzer. And if we had said it only in the case of Arusa where she had completed the first stage of, of marriage, only in that case where we can assume that in fact it's possible that she had relations with the the person that she's married to, and therefore we would say that it's a suffix and she's not allowed to the, the child is not allowed to marry someone who's for sure a mamzer. But in the other case, we could say that no. Maybe since we have no clue, we have nothing to depend on at all, because it could be anyone in the entire world that she had relations with. Maybe in that case that we would be moted to Shmuel, Rav would say that in fact it's considered for sure a mamzer, and therefore the child will be allowed for sure to marry someone else who's also a vanday mamzer, also for sure a mamzer. The Gemara gives a different possibility. Really, don't switch around the shittas of Rav and Shmuel. Meaning, in the case of Arusa Sheivra, where a woman who was had completed the first stage of marriage got pregnant, umay mamzer to Rav. What does Rav mean when he said that the child is considered a mamzer? Which we said before makes it sound like that the child will be allowed to marry a mamzer. Lav mamzer. It doesn't mean that it's permitted to marry another mamzer. Elo the answer It means that it's a mamzer in regards to other Jewish people. It's not going to be able to marry another regular Jewish person. Shmuel Amar. What does Shmuel come to say? Avlad Shtuki. The child is considered a suffix, a doubt. The answer Yisrael that the child is not going to be allowed to marry Bas Yisrael. So then it comes out that Shmuel is saying the exact same thing as Rav. So how do we understand that? So what does it mean that the child is considered a Shtuki? It doesn't mean that it's a Suffolk, the normal way that we've understood Shtuki until now, but rather that the child is quieted, so to speak, from the Halacha of being a Kohen, meaning if the father of the woman, meaning the woman who's married, she's an Arus, so she completed the first stage of marriage, the person she's married to is a Kohen, the child will not have the status of a Kohen. So when it says, wait, Pshita, that's obvious. If we don't consider him a regular Jew, we consider him a, mam- a mamzer, so certainly we don't consider him a coin. So what does it mean that it's a shtuki? That we don't let the child take this kid, who we consider a mamzer, that we don't let him take from the, the property of the father if the father passes away. Pshita, that's obvious. Do we know who the father is? Like says, no, we need it for a case where this child went and he grabbed it. Meaning to tell you that if even if he goes and he grabs it, we still take it away from him because he's not considered the child of this person, of the man that this woman was engaged to. He buys him another possibility. My shtuki beduki. What does shtuki mean? It means that we check him out. We check the mother. We ask her. If she says that I actually had relations with somebody who was kosher, then she's believed. Meaning if she says that I had relations with my husband and this is the child, the child is a product of that relationship. So then the, the child is kosher.
So who is it going to be like? It's going to come out like Rabbi Gamliel. Ha'amar Shmuel Chadazim. The Shmuel already said before that we pass in like Rabbi Gamliel that we can listen to the mother. To the time when the Mishnah Hayis Muberes, if the woman was pregnant, and they ask the woman, what's the nature of this child? And the woman says, this child is from a kosher person. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Leizer, Aimrim, Nemenes. Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Leizer both say that she's believed. Rabbi Yeshua, Aimr, Ena Nemenes. Rabbi Yehuda says no, she doesn't have any Nemenes. She's not. She's not believed. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, Marshmul. Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, Halacha Gira Gamliel. And he said over there, Shmuel said expressly that Allah is like Rabbi Gamliel, that we listen to the mother. So why do we need to say this a second time over here? So the Gemara answered, Tzricha, we need both the Ime Hasam. If I would have only said it over there, Hava Amin Hasam Rav Kshayim Metzla. Over there, where she's not yet married, so most people are kosher in regards to her. So therefore, that's why we believe her. Well, Hach the Rav Sula Metzla. However, in our case, where she's already married, most people are not kosher to her. So Ema Loi. So we might say that we don't believe her. Tzricha. That's why it's necessary to say Shmuel had to say both both times that in fact we do believe her. Tanya. We have a Bryce. Vechiner Bilazer Aimer. Similarly, Rabbi Lazer says, Kuti lo yisa kutis. That a kuti, a kuthai, is not allowed to marry a woman who's a kuthai. Mind time. What's the reason? Amar Yosef, Rav Yosef, Asauhu keger leachar sar dairis. We made him, this kuthai, just like a ger, a convert who's after ten generations. Tanya. We learned in our Bryce. A ger. A ger, a convert who is until the 10th generation of, that he's been since they converted, so they're allowed to still marry a woman who is a mamzer. From then and on, it's not permitted anymore for them to marry a mamzer because what's going to happen is that we're afraid that perhaps people will think that this is a regular Jew, even though it's a 10th generation ger, people won't have that information, they won't know that, and therefore people will think that it's okay to, for a regular Jew to marry a mamzer, so therefore we say there's a limit. That no, we don't wait ten generations, but rather we wait until the name of the convert, a non-Jewish name, has been lost from him. Meaning, we don't know that people just don't know about him. It could be even earlier than ten generations, or it could be later, depending on a person. So, so that's when he loses the status of being called a convert, and therefore he can no longer marry a mamzer. So the same thing would be true in this case of the kuti, the kuthite. So it's been so long, so people don't even realize that the guy, this guy, is uh, originally a convert, going back many, many, many. many generations, and therefore we don't permit him to marry another Kuthite. That's going to be the problem because it's going to be similar to a Ger marrying a Mamzer. So Amr Abayis, Abayis says, hold on a second. Me dummy, what's the comparison? Hasam Ger Chadasha. There we're talking about a case of an old convert and a brand new Mamzer. So Amri Bar Yisrael, who the Kanas of Mamzeres, because then people will say that a regular Jewish person is marrying a Mamzer. But in the case of the Kuthites, so they're exactly the same. So how can you compare the two cases at all? Rather, when Rav Dimi came, Amar, he said, Rabbi Lazar said like Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Lazar holds like Rabbi Yishmael. What's that sheet? We turn to Ayin Hema, page 75b. Rabbi Yishmael said like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yishmael holds like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Lazar said like Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Lazar holds like Rabbi Yishmael. The Amar Kutim Geri Aharayisim. That they are not considered proper, full-fledged converts because they only converted because they were afraid that they were going to get killed by these lions. And therefore, they're considered non-Jews. Rabbi Shmuel suffered like Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shmuel holds like Rabbi Kiva. The Amar Yisrael, a non-Jew or a slave who has relations with a Jewish woman, have lad mamzer. The child is considered a mamzer. So that's why we would say that there's a problem with a kuti marrying a kuthai woman because we have to be concerned that perhaps one of them has proper lineage that goes all the way back and he's considered a full-fledged kuti. Why? Because both the father and the mother are considered a kuti, and the other person who is getting married to them is actually a half kuti and. Half half Jew. So what that would make them is a mamzer. But a mamzer who's not, who is considered Jewish is still not allowed to marry a person who's a full-fledged non-Jew. So therefore, that's why we're afraid that we don't let a kuti marry a woman who's a kuti. So now the Gemara says, hold on a second. What did we just say? We just said that Rabbi Lazar holds like Rabbi Yishmael. And we said that Rabbi Yishmael holds like Rabbi Kiva. So the Gemara is going to challenge that. When we suffer like Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Kiva, can it be that Rabbi Yishmael holds like 
Rabbi Akiva, Vam Rabbi Yechanan, Mishim Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yechanan said in the name of Rabbi Shmuel. Minala Rabbi Kachavam ve'Avich Rabbi Kahenes of the Levi of Basis Rosh Pastua. How do we know that a non-Jew and a slave who has relations with a woman who's a Bas Kohen, a daughter of a Kohen, or the daughter of a Levi, or the daughter of a regular Jew, that the woman is no longer allowed to marry a Kohen? Shemar, as the verse says, Ubas Kohen Kitia Almana Ugrusha. Not only is she not allowed to marry a Kohen, she's not allowed to go back to her father's house, who's a Kohen, and ma- and enjoy the truma or whatever benefits the, there is of being a being a Kohen. Because the verse says, how do we know this? Because it says, "Ubas Kohen Kitiel Almanav Grusha," when she becomes a widow or she becomes divorced with Zera Einla, she doesn't have any children. Then she's allowed to go back to her father's house and receive the truma. She's still allowed to eat this, the beneficial things of the Kohen, her father. So only when there's a relation, a relationship, or relations with someone who has the, the possibility to talk about becoming a widow or a divorcee. This comes to exclude a case where she has relations with a non-Jew or a slave that do not have the possibility of her becoming a widow or a divorcee from them. So now, so what do we see? If it would be true that Rabbi Shmuel had like Rabbi Kiva, that the child is considered a mamzer, a product of a non-Jew, and a Jewish woman is considered a mamzer, hash the mamzer hobby. So we already know that the child is considered a mamzer. So is it a chiddush to say we don't need a pasuk to tell you that she's going to be now considered she's not going to be able to go back to her father's house to enjoy the benefits of her father who is a kohen? That's obvious. So the child is a mamzer. We don't need anything. Once we know the child is a mamzer, so she gets ruined. That's pasha. We don't need a separate drasha. So clearly, Rabbi Shmuel does not hold like Rabbi Kiva. Ella, Rabbi Lazar so like Rabbi Shmuel. So says we made a slight mistake. Rabbi Lazar does indeed hold like Rabbi Shmuel. The Amar Kutenger Arayis that that he holds that kutim kutites are considered non-good. They're not good converts. But Rabbi Lazar, he's the one who holds like a bikiva. Indeed, Rabbi Shmuel does not hold like a bikiva, but Rabbi Lazar does. Who holds that a non-Jew and a slave who has relations with a Jewish woman, the child is considered a mamzer. So that's why, in fact, we're not going to allow a kuti to marry a kuta, like we said before. So nothing more challenges that even. Is it true that Rabbi Lazar holds like a bikiva? Rabbi Lazar said, even though, so Rabbi Lazar says explicitly that even though we find that Beishamah and Beishil argue in regards to the Tzara, meaning we have a case Rashi explains about Tzara, a woman who's a co-wife, to someone who's an erva, to the person who's supposed to do Yibum. So now whenever we have a case where one of the co-wives is not allowed to do Yibum, so Beishamah holds that nevertheless, the woman who is in fact permitted, who's not considered an erva, is allowed, and in fact is mechuyiv, is obligated to do yibum. However, Basil holds no, that the once you have one of the wives, one of the co-wives, is an erva to the person who's supposed to do yibum, so then none of the women have an obligation. In fact, she's not allowed to, there's no chalitza, and she just goes off and she can marry whoever she wants. So now according to Bishamay, what happens is that the, the woman, so the co-wife goes in and has relations with, she marries the brother. According to Bishamay, so that's that's permitted. According to Beis Hillel, so Beis Shamashita ends up creating Mamzerim because now this is an Ashes Ach, this is the wife of, her, of his brother. Now, and according to Beis Hillel, so this woman is allowed to go out and marry whoever she wants. And according to Beis Shammai, if she goes out and marry whoever she wants, so that's a love. The, ch- the children are not going to be Mamzerim, so that's what we're about to say. So now the Gemara says that even though they argue about the, that case, what happens? They agree in general that there's only a Mamzer from somebody who we have a problematic 
relationship, and the punishment is going to be punishable by spiritual excision. But everyone agrees, according to Rebbe Lazar, again, this is Rebbe Lazar talking, that between B'Hashem and B'Shil, everyone agrees that if it's Chavei Lavin, if it's just a forbidden thing, like let's say a Kohen, a priest, to a Grusha, a woman who's a divorcee, so that case will not produce Mamzer, and the children that result in that relationship will not produce Mamzer. So there we see already explicitly that Rebbe Lazar does not hold like Rebbe Akiva. So we can't say that that's the reason why Kuti can't marry Kuti, uh, a woman who's a Kuti. And Lakiyasa Ravin. So rather, when Ravin came, Amr Bichiyabar Abba, he said, I'm Amr Bichiyabar Abba, Amr Bichanan, Amr Bichanan, Amr Bichanan, Amr Bichanan, Bichanan, Amr Those who say it was this way, it was this way, who said it exactly, but they said as follows Shalish Machlaikos, Bedavar. There are three arguments in the matter. Rabbi Shmuel Savar, Rabbi Shmuel holds like this. Let's get this clear. Kutim Gerayasheim. That the Kut and the Kutites are considered converts who were insincere. They only converted so that they shouldn't be killed by the lions. The Kohanim Shenitmu Bahem, Kohanim Psulim Hayu. And the Kohanim, the priests that got mixed up with them, they are Kohanim that are impure. They have problems with their lineage. Shnemar, as the verse says, They made from some of them to become the Kohanim for the Bamos, for the special altars. They made them, who, who were these Kohanim, who were these priests? They were from the, the not such good ones of the nation. And that's why they became possible, it seems they became possible because the Kuthites got mixed into them. So Rabbi Kiva holds differently. That in fact the Kuthites are full-fledged converts. And the Kohanim, they got mixed up with them, so they were kosher Kohanim. This, so they brings again this verse, these are actually the good Kohanim that got mixed in. So why was there a problem? Because what they would do is, these Kuthites, what they would do is, they would say that there is Yibum for somebody who only completed the first stage of marriage, but there's no Yibum for someone who completed the second stage of marriage. How did they get to that? My Darshi, how they Darshan? They put the word Hachutza together with Eishas Hamates. So, and this is how they do it. Who is it that has to yibum that's not allowed to be married to anyone else? Someone who sat outside, meaning someone who has not completed the second stage of marriage. But someone who hasn't completed the second stage of marriage, then they don't go and do yibum. And therefore, what would happen? So the woman is supposed to do yibum, and she doesn't. So what happens? So now this woman goes off and has relations with somebody. So it's Rebekah who holds, according to his own reasoning, that the child, the product of that relationship, will in fact be considered a mamzer. So therefore, that's why we've prohibited Prohibited the Kuthites because they had these mamzer mixed in with them. The Yeshayim, and this is the sheet of Rebbe Lazar, because they're not careful about the fine points of the mitzvos. And since they're not careful about the fine points in the mitzvos, there will be times when, in fact, some of the Kuthites had been married and they didn't realize that they were married, and therefore they would go off and they would create mamzerim because they would marry someone else. So that's why Rebbe Lazar holds that, in fact, you're not allowed, one Kuthi is not allowed to marry another Kuthite because one side might be okay and kosher and the other side might be totally not okay and not kosher. That's the bottom line. We'll continue from here with Hashem's help the next daily daf.